You are listening to the Cleveland Guardians FanCast, a podcast for fans of the Cleveland baseball team, hosted by Quincy Wheeler. To the Cleveland Guardians fancast. I'm your host, Quincy Wheeler. Here we are with another week ahead of us, and it's a week where it's tough to be a Cleveland fan. Now, I know that you haven't had that feeling very often if you're a Cleveland fan because things are always so great as a person who likes sports in Cleveland. Um, so the Browns are disappointing us again. They're doing what the Browns have typically done by letting people down, letting people feel, get their hopes up, and then dashing those hopes. Now, I will say in the middle of this time, it's early on in the NBA season, and the Cavs are outperforming expectations. And if there's one thing that I've heard on Cleveland Twitter over the past week, it's the Cavs are fun. And that's true. They are fun. So that's something to kind of keep the bright side about and to remember. But I wanted to talk a little bit, remind us a little bit about why I think that uh, baseball is much better than football. And so one of those reasons is after you have a terrible experience at a baseball game, the great thing about baseball is the next day, more often than not, there's another game to make you feel either better or worse, but you can bounce back and say, all right, well, maybe tomorrow we'll be able to win that game. Maybe they'll figure things out. Maybe the problems that I see, they'll address, and tomorrow will be a better day. Whereas in football, you have to wait a week. Sometimes you have to wait two weeks. Sometimes you have to wait 10 days. That's not the case in baseball, and I appreciate that. Of course, there are a lot of other things that I appreciate about baseball. And don't get me wrong, I like football. I love to watch football. But I enjoy that in baseball, you're much less likely to experience head trauma that will damage your quality of life. I also appreciate that in general, it's a lot easier on players' bodies and they're not going to limp and feel terrible for the rest of their lives after they play. Um, There are exceptions, of course. Catcher is going to be one, a position that's going to affect your body for the rest of your life. And Anything you play as a professional athlete is going to have effects on you, but the effects are typically a lot better playing baseball. So I appreciate that as well. Also, you know, I'd like to make the aesthetic argument for baseball. I'm going to spend some time in the weeks ahead talking about ways that we can fix the game of baseball, ideas that I like to try to make the game even better. But still, when I watch a baseball game, I just appreciate the combination of individual and team effort, um, the skill and the just the beauty behind just hitting a ball, pitching a ball, making it move. And uh, to me, football doesn't quite reach to that area now, to that area of, of aesthetics. Now, football, you know, it, it does have its beauty. And of course, it does take incredible skill. But there's just something 
something different about baseball. And, and finally, I guess the other thing that I'd mention uh, is that I love how in baseball you can be a successful baseball player with almost any kind of body type, with almost any kind of, um, you know, kind of background. You don't have to be rich, although in today's game it, it may be becoming more and more that you have to have some wealth behind you. Um, you can get drafted out of high school. You can get signed as you know a 16-year-old. Um, you can be shorter like Jose Ramirez or taller like Fran Mil Reyes. You can be skinny like Tristan McKenzie, or you can be heavier like Bob Wickman. And I enjoy that. That makes me think about how life is that you, you can find joy and you find beauty in unexpected packages. So on a day like this, I think it's important to, for, for us to remember the greatness of the sport of baseball and what it offers us that's different than football. And all due respect to the Browns and the Cavs, and I root for both of them, and I hope that the Browns turn it around. I hope the Cavs continue what they're doing. But I think it would be a great time right now for the Guardians to put things together, get that merch online. There was a rumor this past weekend that I saw from Zach Meisel, who, again, you need to follow him in The Athletic. And uh, someone asked him about when the Guardian switch would happen, and he said quite soon. So hopefully that means that merchandise will be released this week, or if not this week, like we've been saying, by Thanksgiving. That would be great. And we'll have to have an episode here where we talk about roller derby, I suppose, because um, eventually I'm just going to have to buy roller derby gear if they're not going to give me baseball gear. But um, they're working on it, and I hope that maybe even today, maybe even by the time you hear this episode or by the time this episode is released, maybe there can be a switchover. Now, I just wanted to just follow up on a conversation that we had towards the end of last week. Spent some time over the weekend really taking a look at the players that we should be considering the Guardians might be interested in. I still feel like it's it's got to be Ian Happ or Jesse Winker who's going to be the ultimate choice to make a trade for. Um, and I made my case for Ian Happ pointing out that he's had uh, a great, he had a great ending to last season, a couple really good seasons before that. He can really hit the ball. He has a much better uh, splits against left-handers than Jesse Winker does. Um, even though his splits aren't great, Jesse Winker's splits against left-handers are really bad. Um, and I didn't really address the fact that Hap strikes out a lot. Um, in his career, he struck out about 30% of the time, which is quite a bit. Now, the beginning of his career is, is carrying those statistics a little bit, but he still is hovering around that 30% throughout his career. That's a lot. Now, he does walk about 12% of the time, and I think that if you're going to get your walk rate over 10%, you can probably manage 30% strikeout rate as long as you're able to hit the ball and hit the ball with some authority, which he does. So I don't have an issue with that, but it is important to note that in the playoffs over the past few years, the teams that strike out less have been generally doing better than the teams that strike out more. And it does seem like Cleveland is kind of focusing on trying to make get guys who make a little bit more contact. Now, like I said, Hap makes good contact when he does make contact, and that's important to see. 
He has an 11, he has, sorry, a 12% barrel rate in his career. So he's barreling the ball about 12% of the time. He's got a hard hit rate of 41%. All those numbers are good. But I will note that Jesse Winker has better numbers in the in these senses. He only strikes out about 15 to 16% of the time, and he walks about 12% of the time, which is just like Hap, but the strikeout rate is, is cut in about half. So that's pretty important to remember. He barrels the ball over the past couple of years about the same rate as Hap. We're assuming he's kind of figured something out from the beginning of his career when he barreled the ball a lot less. But over his career, Winker also has a higher hard hit rate, 43%, and over the past couple of years, it's almost 50% his hard hit rate. So it really seems like maybe Winker has figured something out. And if you look at his expected statistics, he's really um, knocking Hap out of the water there with Hap having like an expected slugging in the low 400s, whereas over the past couple of years, Winker's been in the 521, 515 range. So just looking at those, again, the reason I prefer Hap is because he's not as terrible as Winker is against left-handed pitching, but Winker absolutely crushes right-handed pitching, which again is the mo majority of the pitching that you see. So I would be perfectly happy and thrilled if the Guardians traded for either one of those. This past week in an article, Paul Hoynes of the Cleveland Plain Dealer mentioned a quote from Antonetti where Antonetti uh, talks about how they hope to make some trades. I really expect that a trade would be made this week one other name I want to mention, and there's a user on Covering the Corner named Del Gua, uh, who has done a lot of good work on prospects as well as trades over the years, and he's the first one I saw mentioned, Taylor Ward of the Los Angeles Angels. Now, the Angels are probably going to want some pitching in return, and so um, I don't know if, if they might be looking at one of our pitchers that's closer to the majors or somebody who's maybe got a little major league time for this kind of trade. I'm not sure if the Guardians want to give up any pitching depth, but that might be something to consider. They also might want a shortstop, so maybe you can convince them to take Ahmed Rosario or or maybe one of our uh, up-and-coming prospects. So that's, that's an idea to consider. There might be a fit there with the Angels. And Taylor Ward is 27 years old. He's going to be 28 here shortly. So he's he's not somebody that is real young, but he had a good season, put up a 111 WRC plus. So that you know means a percentile above average, and he's producing runs at a good rate. He's a right-handed hitter who's got solid splits all the way around and somebody that you could consider the Guardians looking at. Now, it looks like he's might be decent in left field uh, or um, maybe in one of the corners of the outfield, either corner of the outfield. He might be okay, but not good, you know, slightly below average as a defender, uh, but not really enough time there to say for sure. But if the Guardians say, hey, we want to try um, somebody who's, maybe got some right-handed hitting ability and, and can handle left-handers real well. I think that War's the kind of guy who probably could spend some time for you in the outfield. Maybe not a, mark, uh, a winker or a hat, but the kind of guy to uh, not forget about as you look at options for the Guardians this offseason. Well, we'll spend a little more time on that this week. 
But right now, I want to turn our attention to an interview I did with Ashley Marie. Um, that's how you can find her on Twitter. And her Twitter handle is ashkitty93. Ashley's got some great Cleveland baseball takes, and I hope you get a chance to check out her Twitter, and I hope you enjoy the interview that we had with her today. All right. Hey, I'm here with Ashley, and Ashley, thanks for joining us. Sure. Today, we're going to talk about Ashley's Cleveland baseball fan experience. So tell me, Ashley, how did you become a Cleveland baseball fan? Oh, gosh. I've <laughs> I've been a Cleveland baseball fan for as long as I can remember. So like my first, I was born in the late 80s. So my first vague-ish memory is the, the 95 World Series. And I just remember being terrified of the Braves fans because they would do that the tomahawk chop thing and that scared the <laughs> crap out of me and I was like I don't know so much man but yeah I don't I I grew up loving um just all the players like I remember you know Jim Tomey and Eddie Murray and Omar especially and Kenny Lofton I had a Kenny Lofton poster on my wall when I was a kid <laughs> that's great uh, was, were your family like your parents were they fans or Oh yeah. Um, we've, my family's always lived in Ohio, especially Northeast Ohio. So, um, my mom's family's from the Canton area and my dad's family's from like Akron. So between all that, yeah, this is, this is our team. It's always been our team. (laughs) That's really neat. Yeah. I I love to hear those stories. Well, so you mentioned the 95 world series, but I wonder what you would pick as kind of your top memory so far as a Cleveland baseball fan, or maybe a top moment. Mm. part of me wants to say Rajay's home run in game seven 2016 just because I I wasn't able to watch it on tv and so I had the radio on I think it was I think my husband doesn't really understand like the way MLB blackout rules work so he kind of had it but didn't have it so it gave you like the little score box on the tv and that was it oh and wow so yeah so the the uh the radio was on a very slight delay and I saw the score jump and went what is this <laughs> and you know then it happened and I was like I am in no shape to be in public right now at all like screaming and hyperventilating in my living room <laughs> um, oh man but I just with with the way that whole thing ended I, I don't know if I can say that's my favorite I think one of my other favorites is um oh gosh the game in 2000 was it 2001 when we played Seattle and oh yeah, it was 2001. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. My mom was at that game and my dad and I were listening to it on the radio at home and it was just electrifying. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think probably like several, I, I kind of was tuning in and out of the game and all of a sudden it got super exciting at the very mm-hmm. end. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, it's, it's neat to think about, the different things that are going on when those moments happen, when, you know, your mom at the game, your dad at home and you yeah. trying to get the TV to show it up in the score. <laughs> button. That's great. I, I wonder, uh, yeah, I wonder too, sometimes how many of my really fond memories are with listening on the radio because, you know, radio, you kind of have to create that world in your head a little bit more than on TV. Yeah. And we're so blessed to have Hammy on the radio. I just, Every year, I can't, I can't get over it. <laughs> well, as we head into a new year and it's the inaugural season as the Cleveland Guardians, uh, what are, what are you looking forward to the most coming into this year? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of happy to sit back and see how it all 
you know, plays out as far as just, I don't, I'm excited for the name change and all that kind of stuff. I'm interested to see what kind of merch they roll out, but really I'm, my focus is always, you know, the players in the game. So I want to see like acquisitions, who we bring in, who we keep that, that kind of thing. Yeah, there's a lot to to be excited about. I'm hopeful that we don't have a lockout, put it all off until like the end of January or something. Yeah. But hopefully we'll see some fun activity. And well, I'm, I'm glad you're a Guardians fan and I've, I've enjoyed following you on Twitter. I wonder if you want to tell folks about anything that you might want to promote. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, I, I'm actually honestly really humbled that you asked me to do this because I don't feel like I contribute that much to the, the fandom just as a Twitter personality, but yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at ashkitty93, um, or I write a lot of reviews on Goodreads for oh, books nice. and stuff, and mm. I can I can link that up. Um, I'm not a librarian; I just love books. So, but I can always, you know, I'm with you there. Yeah, plenty of recommendations you, if anybody wants any. <laughs> do, you, do you enjoy baseball books or not so much baseball books? Oh yeah, um, anybody who hasn't read Shoeless Joe totally should because it's one of my favorites um i mean field of dreams is probably my favorite baseball movie anyway but the book is so good <laughs> i have not read it so i'll have to take you up on that oh it's good yeah okay well since i have you on i i am also a huge fan of reading um good. just just give me a couple of your of your favorite novels just of all time favorite novels oh, oh. Quincy, I need like genres if you're going to do this to me. <laughs> all oh right. All right. That's fine. And I can edit out. I can make this all smooth for you too. Sure. Um, so let's say, let's, is, is the genre too big? If I say like, I'm trying to think what the genre, because I was going to say American novels, but that's probably still too broad or. Um, is it, yeah. I mean, if you go American, like the great American novel, that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Um, I really like, uh, Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. Um, I just read that a couple of years ago and I fell in love with it. It was brilliant. Um, I'm not a huge Gatsby fan. So anybody who picks that, I'm kind of like, <laughs> Me either we're on the same page there. I mean, it's it's all right, but I think it's kind of overrated. Mm -hmm. I'm a... I, you know, it's hard for me to get away from To Kill a Mockingbird. It, it has its mm. ups and its downs, but I mean, just so influential and really, really great writing. Grapes sure. of Wrath, I also like a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Little Woman, you can't go wrong with that. I really enjoyed the movie they put out on recently. Yes, the, the recent adaptation was very good. I like that a lot. Um, and Call of the Wild actually has always been oh. one of my favorite books. Like since I was a kid, that was one of my favorites. Great. Well, uh, maybe I'll have you on some time to talk some more baseball novels, but I really yeah. appreciate you taking the time and I'll make sure to post links to your uh, Twitter feed. And also um, if I can figure out the Goodread things, I will too. I have a Goodreads account too, but um, oh, I did, cool. I, I'm sure people could probably find you. And that's great to have somebody that you can follow to get reviews and everything. So sure. yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Ashley. Uh, don't forget to check out Ashley's Twitter at AshKitty93. I'll also put up links uh, with this post of her Goodreads where you can check out the books that she's been reading. Uh, stick with us the rest of this week. We'll get you through a uh, down week for the Browns and hopefully an up week for the Cavs and a week of waiting for the Cleveland Guardians. 
This has been the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. Music is provided by purpleplanet.com. That is purple-planet.com. Our intro song is purchased licensed from pond5.com. <laughs>